No way. There's a ton of them I could beat. You would not. You, look, Nick Fairley. You're, good, you're telling me right now, Nick Fairley's a big fat guy. You're not, you would not beat I Nick could Fairley not, okay, I know I could, in a 40-yard dash. I could beat Matt Stafford in a 40-yard dash. You, you, if you can't beat Nick Fairley, you can't beat Matt Stafford. I would beat Matt Stafford. I would just lay down Reese's Pieces right at the starting. Oh, my And then goodness. he would just mm, <laughs> put out his glowing finger and his big fat gut and his alien head. You call Matt Stafford E.T. right yeah, now? Yeah, But why are you making Because mm. that's him eating the Reese's Pieces. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show of Raisin Brand. This is episode 17, but I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And this is the show. This is going to be our fantasy football spectacular show. Last episode was our NFL preview show where we told you everything you can expect out of the NFL and also Brent had predict- predictions. And predactions. Yeah, predactions, too. Yeah. Sometimes you got to predact Terra after pr- the fact online. Man, I almost got... I was playing this caveman game, and I got attacked by a pterodactyl. You had to work way <laughs> yeah, too Yeah, I did. <laughs> way too hard for no payoff. Um, but yeah, so cool. So you're I telling- was looking at uh, some, some classified information, and most of it got predacted. Anyway... Hey, did you see that new uh, Employee of the Month movie with Predact Shepard? That doesn't even make sense. Then that stopped me when? No, that's a good point. That's a good point. But no, we were talking about this right before we started, and as we were starting the recording here today, Brent seems to think he can outrun in the 40-yard dash a whole bunch of these professional football players. And I'm just telling him there's no freaking way. Now, we don't actually know what Brent's 40 time is. Well, what's Matt Stafford's 40 time? 4.75. Oh, jeez. Okay, I can't do that. No. I don't think I can do that. We were talking about Nick Fairley before that. Nick Fairley, who's like 360 pounds of beef... Ran a four eight seven forty. Gosh. Think about how athletic these guys I mean, these guys think about it. If you guys are at home and you sit there and you think to yourselves, I can run faster than these athletes, the answer is no, you can't. These are the most highly trained, no matter their size or how goofy they may look might look while they butt fumble, Mark Sanchez. At the end of the day, these are the highest conditioned athletes in the entire freaking world. And these guys can run faster, jump higher, lift more weights. Even even the crappy ones, the punters can probably all outrun you. Yeah. So just give up the dream, people. I think I could outrun Andre Smith. Now, who's Andre Smith? He's that. Remember, he was the guy that uh, Mike Mayock got on him for having huge. Oh, is that, that's man the moves. Yeah, yeah, the moves guy. Moobs. Yeah, yeah. Mike Mayock. When Jason Whitlock gets on you for moves, that's when you know it's a yeah. problem. Yeah. So what? What is? Uh, what is his uh, forty time? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But if I can't be that guy, I'll you know. Here's the deal. You might be able to outrun Andre Smith in his five three two. Yeah. But you're never going to look that bad doing it. <laughs> no. No. That so is, I kind of win either way. I like to say you also kind of lose either way. I'm also like at least 15 years older than that dude, probably. That was this, I w- that's a sight that what cannot be uh, unseen. We may have to put that picture up on the Raisin Brent uh, Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast just to burn it into all your corneas as well. I feel like I accidentally looked into a laser beam. <laughs> what happens when you look into an eclipse the wrong way? Right. Is exactly what happens when you look at this Andre Smith running the 40 picture. 
the wrong way. Uh, but in that case, we have a whole lot of fantasy football to talk about today. I mean, we're going to try to contain it to within a reasonable time period as we can. But we got a lot to say about this, Brent. So uh, you're just going to be ready to jump into it? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back after three seconds of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Come to see. Yes, it's the it's the fantasy football draft episode of Raisin, Raisin Brand. Brand. I think this is my twentieth year doing fantasy football. <sighs> Mostly, uh, I haven't done very many auction drafts, but I am going to join your oh. auction league. Oh, is this official now? Finally, yeah, you've been cagey about this the I entire remember time. The, the one time I did join your league, I I tried to I tried to to uh, raise the price on your buddy, uh, our buddy Christopher Bewers, uh, Jay Cutler, and then he just stopped bidding, and, and then I got you st- ended up with him. I got stuck with Jay Cutler for like fifty bucks or something stupid like. No, that. it wasn't. It was like twenty one hundred, twenty one dollars or something. Twenty one dollars is not getting stuck with someone. Fifty one is getting. But stuck I didn't with want him at all. No. So if you, somebody you don't want, you get and you end up with them, you're stuck with them. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, you have to be very, very careful, and that's something we'll we'll come into. Um, have you won a lot of fantasy football? I have. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, I've won a good four or five times over the years but i'm usually in multiple leagues though you got to be so. in multiple leagues. how many le- now i'm going to be in four leagues this year i've got the free one that i'm running uh hollywood fantasy on espn i'm also in uh three pay leagues on top of that how about yourself i'm in uh, a brand new league this year with a bunch of the guys on my softball team very nice and i'm in a league your league yes and then i'm possibly going to get in one other league possibly you're not talking about oh yeah you're actually going to do that league maybe i'm not even going to talk about that league that yeah. league is dead to me yeah dead to me in any case, that's good stuff, though. That's good stuff. So what are the names of your teams, typically? I know that your previous... you want to share the previous name of your team when you were in my league? What was it? Red Dead... A Red Dead Rebrenchen? Rebrenchen. Yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe the dumbest, most awesome name I'd ever heard of. Yeah, I, I might have even a, an even dumber name this year in my one league. What's that? Uh, it's kind of retro. It's a band. It's a retro based on a band I don't even listen to, but I think this the, the pun on their name is hilarious. Nickelback? No, it's the Butthole Turfers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot of pepper right there. Yeah. Ooh, no pepper games. That's pretty cool. No, I've got other. I've got the Miss Piggy Warriors in one league, which is only because uh, the guy who runs the league is a big Ted Nugent fan. Mm-hmm. So the name of his team every year was the Gonzo Warriors. Right. So I decided when I joined his league, I was going to troll him. And so I ran the Miss Piggy Warriors. And then I went and won the entire league and found a picture of Miss Piggy on like a Disney parade float. And I put it and I photoshopped a giant football onto it. And then I posted it on his wall. And it was maybe the most triumphant day of my entire life because um, it was trolly goodness. Nice. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I usually like to name my teams after the Lions. Uh, when I moved to, uh, when I originally lived in East Hollywood, I was right by a place called Linoleum City. So I was the Linoleum City Lions. And then I moved to where I live now, just off of Lancashire. So now it's the Lancashire Lions. And then last year, in keeping with the North Hollywood Lancashire vibe, the name of my team was the Circus Liquor Lions, named after the clown emblazoned liquor store two miles north of where I live. I, icon of North Hollywood, everybody. I usually try to come up with like a funny acronym that I can use that's made up of words. I guess that's what acronyms are. That is typically, and, yes. That's how the experts Like uh, in the past, I had, I had the LA Pimp Daddy, which was the LAPD. Um, or I'll do some like total non sequitur, putting two things together that shouldn't go together, like the Cannibal Prodigies. For one time, one time I had a team called uh, Piranha Pot Pie, which I thought was... <laughs> That's a pretty good name. Yeah, that's pretty great. Do you understand when some people do when they name their teams after like a player that's on the team? 
Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know somebody who was a Dodgers fan, and they ended up with James Loney on their team after he'd been traded to Boston this year. So they named the team, like, Loney's Losers or something like that. Like, yeah. But can you even do that? Like, I always thought you should have your team name. Like, it should be something iconic that you keep year after year. I don't understand the whole changing the name of your team every single year based on who you draft. I have a buddy that always names his team after whoever is in the most trouble with the law. Oh, gracious. I think right now he's got one called, like, AH47, like AK47, but Aaron oh Hernandez 47, something like that. Well, I joked with a Patriots friend that she should name her team Free Hernandez, like those hats that those dudes were wearing at that yeah. party. Yeah. Uh, she did not actually believe that was a good idea. Yeah. Which hurt me. I, I would just call it uh, Brady's Gimpy Knee. Mm-hmm. No, I love Tom Brady. I'm just kidding. But nice. I was, I'd be afraid to name my team after a player for fear of like dooming that person to injury the entire year. You will never, ever catch me naming my team after one of the Detroit Lions. You should never going to happen. You should name it after whoever your last pick in the draft is. Then there's no, if they go out, there's, there's no, if they happen to blow up, you're like, yeah, you see? You see, I knew the whole time. And then if they don't blow up, you're like, yeah, it's being ironic, dude. Yeah, it's like you name it after you. But what if your last name is the defense? Like, you know, you've got you, you've got your whole team and all of a sudden it's like the Jags D explosion, <laughs> which is actually a pretty good name for a team. Then you name it, you, you, you name it like the Jag D bags, the Jags D holes. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, what are you going to name your team for the Hollywood Fantasy League this year? I'm probably going to stick with the Circus Liquor Lions because I love it. I love that picture I have of it. I think, you know, I haven't thought of it. I'll probably th- put more thought into it, but the name that comes to mind right now Piranha is, pot pie. <laughs> how about this? Better than Ray. Huh? Mm. Or, it's a shame about Ray. Because I love the Lemonheads. <laughs> That's just terrible. I figured that you're something gonna... just to troll you because I'm only in the league because you're in the league, right? And we're going to talk about, and we will be talking about it, especially when we have our inevitable head-to-head week, and I blow you out by like a hundred points. I think we can all agree that's likely to happen. Yeah, sure. I just figure you're going to name your team Fat Stafford because that way it trolls oh! and you're wishing injury Are you kidding on your me? team. That but that's with, with two T's. That's got to be the name. Is that yeah. the name of the yeah. team? Yeah, the liquor what, circus liquor lions versus. Fat, Fat Stafford. Stafford. <laughs> so are we going to make, are we going to do a bet over this league this year? We can do a bet. We should do a bet of some yeah. kind. Whose team finishes higher in the standings? In the standings or if we both make the playoffs, whoever advances further in the playoffs? Well, I think that counts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if I finish first and you finish fourth, but you beat me in the Super Bowl or, you know, beat me and then yeah. go on to the Super Bowl, you should deserve that title. I, okay. I think I'd go with that, but especially since you're not making the playoffs this year. Sure. I mean, it's just easier yeah. that way, isn't it? I know, right? We are an auction-style draft, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't do a lot of auction-style drafts. I don't. I've only done one in my entire life. And I think that Jay Cutler move is shows you why you don't normally do auction drafts. Well, that was my first time. My first time. The first I have been uh, studying some you know, basic strategies for auction drafts. So well, maybe I'll be a little more prepared. You know, I'll time. tell you this. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, theories and game theories in just a moment. And maybe you can – I'll actually share with you my theory on auction drafting. Mm-hmm. And that way you can be at least as good as me this year if you follow my easy steps. Yeah. Huzzah. Okay. But uh, in the meantime, we'll be right back because we're going to talk about draft strategy next after three seconds of Mariah Carey. <laughs> Now, there's two different styles of draft that you can do for your league. There is what we call the snake draft, which is where, you know, you get one pick and then you wait for your next pick and then you wait for your next pick. And And then if you don't get an early pick, you have no chance to get the really good players in the league. If I'm doing a snake draft, I always try to get in the Slytherin house because that their mascot is a snake. 
Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff is straight where it's Ravenclaw. at. Ravenclaw. Surprise, stealth. Stealth ninja. Hufflepuff. Uh, but Slytherin is a snake. If I'm on a snake draft, I want Slytherin. Actually, you probably want to be in House Gryffindor because they keep getting 10 points mm-hmm. as opposed to a normal six for a touchdown. My favorite character on uh, Family Guy is Peter Gryffindor. So a snake draft is one of the two things that you can do. The other style that I actually prefer, and you'll be experiencing this as well, would be auction-style drafting. Which is my favorite because you have access to every player. If there's a player you really want or a certain build you're trying to do, you pretty much have the availability to make the team that you want as long as you're willing to pay for it. You start with a certain budget. What is it usually? $100? $260. $260. $260. So if you want somebody... Don't know why, but If you give all your money away, you'd say, I want... For example, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I could spend all $260 on Drew Brees and nobody's going to take him from me. It would be really dumb. Yeah, but you have that option available But you have the option. If there's some player you want, you can have them. Generally, if you're willing to pay 50 or $60 for somebody, you will get them, regardless of where they're slated. You yeah. want Adrian Peterson, you pay $62, you'll probably get him. You still got 198 to work with. It won't bankrupt your entire team. You know what I, I, I kind of wish we had on the auction draft, and I don't know if they have it on certain sites or not, is like when, when you and I are bidding each other up on something, every time you bid, I wish there was a thing that went, yep, yep, 45, yep. I hear 48. Yep. Like we're doing horse trading? Yeah. Yeah, like, like it's a real auction. Like a tobacco auction. Like they just have an automated voice like, yep. Yep. Do I hear 45? Yep. That'd be pretty awesome, right? No, that would be terrible. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be a feature I would disable. <laughs> it would be the most annoying thing after. But it might be fun for like five minutes. Yep. It'd be fun for like the yep. first pick. The first overall Adrian Peterson pick, and right. then it would be like mute. So we're going to talk about both styles of drafting because I think both. I think uh, snake draft is the traditional, mm-hmm. and then auction drafting is kind of getting to be more and more popular as people kind of discover, like I do, how incredible it is. So let's start off by talking about snake drafting. Mm-hmm. Um, first things first, and I have to say, in both leagues, this is just true, and you can back me up on this. Take five minutes and look at the scoring setup for your league because yes. lots of leagues score very, very differently. You've got kind of across-the-board leagues where no bit position tends to be that much higher than a different position, mm-hmm. whereas you've got a ton of quarterback leagues out there, and I happen to be in one of them, where the quarterbacks account for like 60% of your total score every single week because they're getting overly pointed for touchdowns thrown, overly pointed for uh, yards rushing. I am in league where a guy, you get an extra point if your quarterback just doesn't throw an interception. Even if he only throws one pass, as long as it's not an interception, that's one point guaranteed right there. Yeah, I've been in a league before where the quarterback, it's like a progressive touchdown thing. First touchdown, six points. Second touchdown, seven. Third eight. So if you get four touchdowns, that's 30 points by itself. That's redonk. And when you consider the fact that they don't usually change the scoring on everybody else. So if you have a nice productive day, if you have a really good day with your running back, we call it 100 yards and a touchdown, maybe with 20 yards passing, that's 18 points right there. That's mm-hmm. a heck of a good day for your running back on the day. You're very, very happy when he puts up that number. And then you look over and you just have an average day by your quarterback doing 30 mm-hmm. in these gigantic overstating leagues. It, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. But that's the way some people like to organize their league. So I would say lesson number one that I would teach is look at the scoring for your league because some leagues really overvalue defenses. Mm-hmm. Some leagues, the scoring actually, like I'm in, an, I'm in a scoring plays only league, which means that who your kicker is is actually super, super important because if your kicker puts up four or five field goals in a game, that might be two-thirds of your scoring on mm-hmm. the entire day right there. That might be enough to just win outright. Well, I think one of the big rookie mistakes, if it's the first time you play fantasy, which I don't know if it is, you... I 
don't. You're listening to this, so we assume that you're going for. If you're listening to our show, you're probably going for every possible angle yeah. you got at this point. But if this is your but first time, you know about. one thing that people make a mistake of is, you know, my first time when I was in the football league. This will tell you how long ago it was. Uh, I drafted like two Denver Bronco running backs. So, like they're both going to get like 800 yards. Rod Bernstein and whoever the other Sammy oh. Winder. Oh, I had both of them, and I was like. But that they can only one of them could get a touchdown. But only one will play at a time. Yeah, and also you know there's guys that are really great players like Ben Roethlisberger who's not always terrible not, fantasy quarterback. terrible fantasy quarterback. Ter- and then you've got guys who you don't necessarily think of as being re- great regular season quarterbacks like a, a Tony Romo, Tony Romo, Eli Manning, even Matt Ryan. They're all good quarterbacks in their own way. They're pretty great, but they're pretty great fantasy. Yeah. If you get Tony Romo in your fantasy league, you're generally doing pretty good. Yeah, as long as you know. He's not uh, in the playoffs, except for those last, yeah. except for those two games where he throws five picks every year. Unfortunately, those happen in the um, in your playoff games the playoffs. towards the end of the season yeah. when it's really important. So, for lesson one, look at the points for your league because sometimes you'll get a lot of value out of a position. Like a lot, I'm not in a, any of these leagues, but they give you one point per reception, mm-hmm. which means that you have a, if you have a pass catching running back or a guy that just gets a lot of catches, even if each one is only for a few yards each, it ends up totaling a heck of a lot of points. Yeah. 10 receptions for 11 yards is worth 11 points in that league. Whereas yeah. in another league, he's only worth one point. Right. You just got to take a look at that stuff and know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you also have to look at when you're deciding where what you're going to pick, especially early in the draft, you really want to look at what positions are deep. Correct. You know? Yeah, lesson two, look for depth. Running backs are not very deep. No. Right now, there's, I would say, I would say there's about four elite running backs fantasy wise and well we'll run down position by position later but yeah i, I feel what you're saying right there like, right what i'm saying is there's four of them so if you have an early pick you want to take one of the one of those four elite running backs because there's about 12 semi-elite quarterbacks that is correct you generally do not want to throw your first pick down on a quarterback especially this day and age when there are so many good fantasy quarterbacks out there when you consider that if you wait in the snake draft till about round three four you're still going to have an opportunity for a Tony Romo, a Matt Stafford, a Matt Ryan, you know, one of that guy, group of guys who's really, really good in fantasy, but just goes unheralded mm-hmm. for the most part because of the Peyton Mannings, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's of the world who do put up fantastic numbers. But if you look at, and this is something called a value-based drafting, and this is something I got into right away when I started. Value-based drafting is basically saying, okay, we have 10 teams in our league. There's going to be a total of... 20 quarterbacks, we'll just say, which means that what's the difference in value between the guy, if I just wait till the very end and pick guy number 19 and 20 of the 20 that get drafted and the guy who's number one, what is their approximate value difference? And right. then you, you base everybody off of those last couple middle of the pack guys to kind of see like, well, if the number isn't that high, you can just go ahead and wait. You don't have and to like waste can, and stretch for picks. And you can stockpile other positions that aren't as deep. Correct. Like this year, I would actually say a, a lot of the times uh, tight end. It's been a position I have put a huge amount of value in because it's worth as much as every other position, uh, wide receivers and uh, running backs and all that. But generally speaking, in the NFL, there were only about three good tight ends every year. I mean, going back a few years, but you had, you know, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Antonio Gates, Bubba Franks, and that was it. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you didn't get one of those three guys, you may as well not even grab a tight end. And so. right now, I, th- I, only, I only see one really elite tight end, unless you count... Gronkowski, who who knows if he's going to play? He might not even play till halfway through the season. He's getting way overdrafted. Jimmy Graham's the only one who's almost guaranteed to catch almost a hundred passes and maybe like eight touchdowns. You might make that argument still for Tony Gonzalez. He's not going to, I think, approach Jimmy Jimmy Graham numbers, but 
But the, the key he's was solid, but he's not elite like Jimmy Graham. He's right. not going to catch a hundred. Well, he's proven. He's a yeah. proven commodity. Um, but take a look at that because if there is a position where there's only a handful of good players, you probably want to jump on them. My, my second round pick every year forever was either Antonio Gates or Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. So if you don't get Antonio or you know whoever the whoever the you don't elite get Jimmy guys. Graham right now. Then you might as well just wait till way, way later because everybody else is almost the same. Until around seven or eight at that point. Like yeah. you, you don't need to jump up. Either either make the stand and jump up. Because the other cool thing that happens is if you're the first person in an early round to grab that tight end, what ends up happening afterwards? You start the run. Yeah. Which is part of snake draft uh, strategy, which you know we'll we'll talk about I think next. When I uh you know you know the thing I like to do, and some people like to do this, some people don't put as much effort into it. I always, when I'm comparing two players, I say, I'm going to take this player or this player. I go and I look at their schedule during the playoffs. Yes. Oh, gosh. That's third point right there. That is such an essential thing is look and see who they're playing and where they're playing at weeks 15 and 16 of the regular season because that tends to be when your playoff matches happen. Yeah. If I have Drew Brees and he's playing at New England... I don't want to have Drew Brees during the finals. I probably don't want to have Drew Brees. That might not actually, not actually be terrible just because New England's defense is so bad. But if you have him, all of a sudden you have him going up against at San Francisco well, Drew Brees, or at Baltimore. Drew Brees with his little hands playing in, the, in a snowstorm. Yeah, but then again, if he's playing at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars that week. Then I'm taking him. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. We have a winner. Like I'll get Something I saw that I really liked is Drew Brees during the playoffs this year plays Carolina twice oh, and so carolina nice. you know he's one of those matchups he's going to be at i think the finals he's playing at home against carolina nice. and the first round of the playoffs he's playing at carolina which also is good weather right so check the schedule of your league too because sometimes leagues are crazy and actually do their super bowl week 17 the final week of the regular season which i could rail against for a half hour just on that it just doesn't make any sense because so many of your best players are resting on that day yeah um, but back in the day, I remember I was I was clear ahead in my division, and I made a late season trade of Matt Bryant, who is the kicker for the Falcons. I received for my stud quarterback Jeff Garcia from the San Francisco 49ers. and everybody's looking at me like that is an insane, crazy man trade. Why would you do that? And I said, well, if you look here, the week of our first round of playoffs, of which it was just first round and then Super Bowl, the week of our first round of the playoffs, Matt Bryant is playing at home against the Detroit Lions, who had no defense that year, seven years ago or whatever. And Jeff Garcia is so far ahead in their division right now for San Francisco, they're probably going to start benching him around this time, and he's not going to play. And sure enough, boom, boom, Matt Bryant goes for uh, like 18 points that week, which was just killer for me because it was a scoring plays only league, and I scored like 50 overall and went straight into the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a. The, so it just goes to show you got to have that foresight. You have to look at when the schedules are. Because, yeah, I've lost. I lost in a Super Bowl one time when we played week 17. And I don't remember who the other player was that I had, but I had Warren Moon and I had another quarterback. And they were both pretty good quarterbacks. One of them ended up sitting out the last week. And Warren Moon, and I, I didn't have any transactions. I needed a transaction for a running back also. So I picked up a running back. Then I had my one quarterback that sat out and Warren Moon, who was doubtful with, with bruised ribs. So I didn't have a quarterback, basically, and I lost by eight points. Oh, lame. Yeah. That happened to me last year yeah. uh, with Matt Schaub. Didn't play the end of the season, and it was our Super Bowl, and it was a quarterback-heavy league. And if your quarterback doesn't play, you get blown out. 
Yep. Happens. That being said, another unimportant thing in lesson four that I would say right here is check your bye weeks. Oh, yeah. Make absolutely sure that you're not picking up three running backs, all of whom have bye week eight. You know, some people might say, well, I'll just punt that week. You don't ever want to punt a week in fantasy football. You might not. That might not be a luxury you can afford. You want to put the know. best team out there that you can every I, single week. I, I, I disagree with you. I agree with you, but I disagree with you also a little okay. bit. I don't mind if I have one week where I just like, I'm just going to have a all my guys off that one week, and I'm going to be full strength every other week. Okay. Because uh, would you rather have, going into the playoffs, you got 13 weeks. Would you rather have 13 weeks with 12 weeks at full strength? Or would you rather have, you know, uh, 13 weeks and, like, four of them, you have, like, two, three guys well, off? Ideally, if my team has enough depth, I can weather all those storms right there and, and go a week without Calvin yeah. Johnson or, or go a week without my best player because my backup can at least give me what I need one week. Right. That's and especially if you start thinking about it that way. If we if we assume our players aren't going to get injured, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, but then we decide, hey, I know that Matt Stafford's bye week is week eight. Who's got oh. the best matchup of a lesser known quarterback in week eight? Maybe I can jump it up and find the guy who's playing, you know, a, against the Oakland Raiders that week. It's mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Which is also pretty important. Now let's uh, talk about specifically for snake drafting now. Just this style of draft, what is it you try to do? We, we, we hinted on a little bit earlier where I like to say you start with a running back pretty much no matter what. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Unless I start with a running back, unless I'm down at like five or six or seven, and all of what I think are the top, very top echelon running backs are gone, sure. but Megatron is still there or whoever the very best wide receiver is, especially if it's a points per reception league. If it's a points per reception league, yes, wide receiver becomes a much more valuable right. commodity. As I said, not, I don't play in those. Yeah, yeah. But if not, you know, you run into that thing where it's six, seven, eight. You're taking a guy that's not elite, and he might be splitting carries with them, or he doesn't. You know, that's what you're running into. It's seven and eight, and the, I'd rather take an elite player at another position. The biggest, and yes, if you can get Calvin Johnson, my goodness, do it. I have a huge, I have a huge concern. My red flag goes up when I start drafting wide receivers too early, mm-hmm. and that's because they're so sporadic. They can put up a 200-yard, two-touchdown week, and then the very next week give you a two for 32. They're dependent on the quarterback. <sighs> and the matchups, too, because right. you, if you're a coach, you can, well, not Calvin, as I said, but you can take most of anybody out of the game and force them to beat you a different way. Now, they may still do it, mm-hmm. and even that person might still find success, like a Larry Fitzgerald or a, a, an Andre Johnson down in yeah. Houston or even a, a Julio Jones in Atlanta. But I'm always skeptical because running backs, you know, are going to get the ball X number of times. And if you get the right guy, he will have that many opportunities to do great things and probably will. But you're right. But I, if you have a wide receiver, there's no guarantee that he's going to be the focus. I would say 95% of the time, my first pick is a running back. And okay. I, I don't think I've ever taken a quarterback in the first round. I haven't either. You know, there's an old adage that says, uh, guess, guess who isn't going to make the Super Bowl this year? And the answer is that guy who took Peyton Manning in the first round. Right. Even if even in a quarterback heavy league, that just means that all quarterbacks are heavy. You don't need to stretch and take a quarterback in the first round. If you're the last pick, I mean, maybe a few years ago when there was like Peyton Manning and then everybody else, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, everybody else. It, I still don't go with it. I There's still don't go. So with many it. different types of. It's very interesting too. Let someone else make that mistake, so that way you can capitalize on it later. Don't be the one that makes that mistake yourself. Yeah, don't take the. You know, there's a lot of depth at quarterback. Don't take it early because then. You're losing depth on other places that aren't that aren't deep. Yeah, and and also when I talk about uh, snake drafting, and I hinted at it earlier, start the run. 
if you know that there's only X number of good wide receivers or tight ends and it doesn't seem like anybody's going in that direction, don't be afraid to be the first person to 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 grab it. Or even in the middle late rounds, if there's that one great defense, if you really like San Francisco's defense this year, I'm not saying you do this before round, say, like 10, but go be the first one to take a defense. You know, reach out maybe a round early and just grab that San Francisco defense because what you'll see happen is in like a 12-team league, mark my words, if you're the first person that takes a kicker or takes a defense, all of a sudden you start seeing a run of six, seven of the next 12 picks all tend to be defenses, which means that by the time it comes back around to you again, you haven't really lost anything and you're still at the front of your class. It's really, really good place to be. So, so don't be afraid to be that trendsetter. Oh, no one else is taking a defenses. Go for it. But at the same time, don't overvalue them. It's kind of sounds like negative, positive information, but don't be crazy about that fact. Right. And the same thing goes with, with, with kickers. Kickers, in general, it's so unpredictable. You never know. Like, there's a lot of things with kickers. One, I always try to take a kicker. That's when I really look at, at where they're playing at the end of the year. I don't want some kicker who's playing yep. in New England at the end of the year. I want him playing in a dome or on the West Coast. Ideally playing in New Orleans for either team. Yeah. <laughs> that would be just fine. Right. One thing about kickers that I think is is, is just got to keep in mind is at the end of the day, kickers 1 through 12, their scores aren't going to be that drastically different from each other. Yeah, you can't tell because the, you, you remember the year a while back when Rob Baronis just had a ton of field goals, and mm-hmm. the, but he's never replicated that. No. No, not at all. But there's also, you know, usually you have like distance scoring for, with kickers too. So you want guys that like... Like, I love that one, uh, oh, what's his name, Zerline from uh, St. Louis, yeah. that rookie kicker they had last year that, just ma- that made a 60-yarder and a bunch of 50-yarders, <laughs> and you get those extra couple points. I mean, anytime you can get that, you're good. You can go with one, for, like somebody that plays for, for New England, scores a ton of points. You can also go with kind of a subpar team that you know doesn't get in the end zone, and they're going to get a lot of field goals. You want a team that's really good between the 20s ideally yeah. if you're looking for a kicker you want a team that's not going to push in too many i mean I, I hate to say it but maybe david Akers is a good pick for the detroit lions this year because at least in the preseason they've shown a definite ability to score field goals well janikowski is a great example of that you know the raiders offense has not been great for a for a long time but man that dude when you're punt when you can kick him from 60 in yeah and that's another thing, and another thing you got to take a look at is, as far as kickers go, sometimes if you have a guy that doesn't get as many opportunities, but he continually blasts 50-plus yard field goals, that's sometimes worth just extra points in itself that makes up for the fact that he doesn't get as many opportunities. So go for a little steal in there here and there if you think you can get it. Uh, no, it's really quick, talking about auction draft now, which is uh, near and dear to my heart. That's the league that I run, Hollywood Fantasy. It's very exciting. An auction draft, man, it's a crazy thing because you have the money. You want to be frugal and thrifty the entire draft, but at the same time, you don't want to end the draft with very much money. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy who's frugal the entire draft, and suddenly the draft is over, and he has $63 still in his pocket. All right, I have $63. Now I can get three kickers, any kicker I want. Any kicker I want. I, I said to a friend of mine, he, we were doing our draft a few years ago, and he had $63 left in his pocket at the end of the draft. That's why I say that number specifically. And I looked at him, and he, he, I go, how do you think you did? He goes, oh, man, I think I got a great team. And I said, really? What if we could have added Adrian Peterson to your team? Because <laughs> that's what $63 you just left on the table would give yeah. you. Imagine your team also this year with Adrian Peterson on it. So, Ray, let me ask you this. $260, how many roster spots? I believe it's about 20 Okay. 260 dollars for 20 roster spots if you're going let's say most people say adrian peterson will probably be the number one pick in most drafts how much should you be willing to pay for for an elite running back you know generally you try to get anybody for under 60 dollars i mean and for 60 dollars plus they better be bleeping bleeping elite Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you've really got to be, and you're probably only going to see that happen a couple, two, three times during your draft. Adrian Peterson's of the world, Arian Foster's of the world. Those guys are going to go for upwards of 55 to $63. And if you can get one of those guys, great. You don't have to get one of those guys, though, because you can think about it is if you wait a few rounds, if you will, you can usually pick up two running backs for a combined 50 to $60 mm-hmm. who might give you better performance than Adrian Peterson and nobody. Yeah. Somebody like Steven Jackson, who's been kind of like, seems like he's on the downslope because he was in St. Louis and right. now is on a juggernaut offense. You you might get Steven might, Jackson for like 22 bucks. You might get great value there. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is try to wait people out because people want to spend their money. That is a huge, important thing. Keep an eye out for that because especially the first few rounds of the draft, People are trying to blow their money. They want to do two $50 guys and then t- basically take the playbook right out of their hands. Like, that's my team. Everything else we're going to fill in where value is. Well, let me ask you this, Ray, because I read an article in a magazine last week that said uh, one tip, if you haven't done that, that rookie people doing auctions, one, one mistake they'll make is that they'll be a little timid at the beginning. Correct. And people will get a couple, the th- first three, four players at a lower price than they would have because people are a little tentative at the beginning. I will tell you what, this is actually one of the points I was planning on making, is one of the things that I do in auction drafts, and I've gotten away with it so many times it's scary, is whoever the first player put up for auction is, I get them. Because every single year, people do these auction drafts, and then they say, this is the year I'm going to be thrifty. This is the year I'm not going to waste all my money early. This is the year I'm going to calm the bleep down, and I'm just going to play it out and only pay the values that they are. And that tends to last for one pick (laughs) worth of auction so that first year i used to get uh, alex rodriguez in fantasy baseball the same way i would usually get a stud running back uh, the same way or calvin johnson whoever the generally speaking the first guy that gets put up for draft is a really good player okay you and i should do a bet on who gets the number one pick who gets the first person in our draft and whoever loses has to do the naked running through the streets i don't think we'll be doing that but that's i've got three three points to make here is is one all right naked running through work we're not doing yeah definitely not doing that Although I, I work alone. But <laughs> three, my, my big three points for auction drafts and what has helped me be successful. One, go for that first player. Don't be afraid to make that first splash because people generally, as you said, they are very, very timid when it comes down to that very first pick of the draft. And then as soon as that first, like the, the seal has been broken and you've paid $49 for Adrian Peterson, which is redonk steel, quite honestly. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's right. I am crazy. Ah, and then they all just go nuts. You yeah. know, cool. No problem. Second point, generally speaking, the way that the players get put up for auction is you go in order like it was a snake draft, but you put people up for auction. So what I like to do is know what players other people in your leagues really like. If you've got a Bears fan, you're sitting on Jay Cutler, Matt Forte. If you're like me with the Lions, you're sitting on Matt Stafford. And you want to put those people up for bid, especially if you don't want that person. You want to put them up for bid like consistently. Like That's something we did to my poor wife, Melissa, was for five rounds in a row, I put up a New Orleans Saint. For the first five rounds of the draft, and she got very mad at me because she wants every saint she can possibly get on her team because she's a huge mega fan. And so she could like, stop putting Jimmy Graham up. Don't put Darren Sproles up. Don't put Drew Brees. It's just going to happen. So find out what the weak spots of players that you know other people are going to want that you don't want because then their money is going to be gone. You now have the advantage. You mm-hmm. have the chips, if you will. Right. And then the third point I was going to make is, and this is good for when you're doing online auction drafts, is there's always one or two people who aren't there, who are letting the 
computer auto draft for them. And oftentimes those people don't have the, the, the notion to set player values where they are. So sometimes you'll end up with players who have a much higher value projected than is really that realistic. So if you see that somebody is auto drafting, don't be afraid, one, to bid them up. Yeah. Because the computer will keep bidding up to that maximum draft number. If, right. if it says that Steven Jackson is worth $50 and you know somebody's auto-drafting and you don't really want Steven Jackson, put Steven Jackson up there for 49 Boop, He goes to 50 Oh, good. Auto-draft. Yeah. Get Steven Jackson overpriced at 50 bucks. Right. And, and don't be afraid to take advantage of it. They're the jerks who didn't attend your draft or even have the decency to set their numbers for their own players. Right. Don't be afraid. Like It's a competitive game. Be competitive. Play to win. You don't always have to be the nice guy in the room. You play to win the game. Thank you, Herm Edwards. Oh, thank you. Going the second time in, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that advice, Ray. As you watch me and Brent just go back and forth to seventy five dollars for Adrian Peterson on the very first player, of the and draft. the loser will run naked through the streets. I don't think that's how it's going to go. Oh. Anyway, we're going to break down position by position. I hope that's helped you at least with your theory on drafting a, a little bit. I mean, we, we we touched on a whole lot of topics there. That if if something maybe you hadn't thought about before, think about it. You know, honestly, play to win. And we want to hear uh, tweet us at Ray Brent Podcast if you're able to use any of our advice and did well. If you didn't do well using our advice, shut up. Then you did it wrong. You did it wrong. Clearly, it's on you, not us. Sucker. D. We're going to be coming back to break down position by position after three seconds of Fantasy Island. Welcome to Fantasy Island. Smiles, everyone. Smiles. Welcome to Fantasy Football. Thanks, Brent. That was very good after three seconds of Fantasy Island. Ricardo Brentelbon. Brent Cardo Montelbrent. Yeah. That's terrible. Position by position is very, very important because you want to make sure you're getting the best people at a position, but at the same time, especially in snake drafts, all the best players tend to go real, real quick. So let's start with the quarterback position, Brent. What do you say? All right. Uh, so we're, what are we going to do here? We're going to do... We'll just state the, we'll state the obvious, which guys that you know are going to go at the top, so if you can get one of them, you probably should go for it at some Let's point. Let's go with our number one pick. Let's just make one pick, our best quarterback, or our best person that he's I was going to say name of... Because there's usually more than one who are very... I mean, like, let's face it. If I said Drew Brees at quarterback, that's leaving out Peyton Manning. Well, he's obviously also good. So what I would just say is name a handful of guys who you put at the top of the class. Okay. Name one guy that you think is kind of going in under the radar who you think is good to pick up at the middle late rounds, you know, as maybe an afterthought. And then also maybe one or two players who you want to stay the heck away from this year. You just do not trust them. You think something bad's about to happen. Okay. So, so quarterbacks. Start with quarterbacks. You go ahead and start us off. Who, I'm gonna who say, are the top in the quarterback position to you? To me, I have two top guys that I like this year. One, they're 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 good quarterbacks. I'm going to go with Drew Brees sure. and Cam Newton. I think Cam those are my Newton. top two. That's right. And here's the, one of the reasons. Uh, I, they're both elite quarterbacks, but if you look at their playoff schedule, they both play each other twice during the playoffs, and both of them have suspect defenses. That's a, that's a pretty good way to be right there. I'm a little bit surprised you put Cam Newton above Aaron Rodgers. Well, people. I mean, for, for me now here, I would just say I don't think I put Cam Newton on that list. I think after his kind of swoon last year, he's still got a lot to prove this year. And has that offense really improved in the last year? I, I don't see it. He still had a ton of stats last year. It's and I, I don't like Aaron Rodgers' line right now. They that's lost fair. Brian Bulaga. They have a rookie tackle. That's that's not great. And they didn't have a good line as it was last year anyway. It's true. He got, he got they lost Greg bad. Jennings. It's true. That being said, they play though, in the snow at the end of the year. The snow at the end of the year. That being said, I have a personal thing with quarterbacks. I stay away from running quarterbacks. The chances of them getting hurt and ruining your season, one, I think they go very overdrafted. They get drafted too high because of all those extra stats that they get. 
from the running and the touchdowns from the rushing and all that goodness. But the problem is their bodies are being put out there so hard that, generally speaking, these guys break down at any point during the season. And sometimes it happens towards the end of the year. Look at you know Robert Griffin the third last year. These guys break down right when you need them to not be breaking down the most. Yeah, that's uh, fair. So I, in my top three, I would put Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Um, because all three of them are drop back traditional style quarterbacks going to put up a lot of passing yards regardless of who they're throwing to in the case of Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and you just you know you can trust him especially Peyton Manning who proved that he's recovered last year and now you add Wes Welker to the Demarius Thomas offense that he's already got there yeah. holy crap Denver's ha- Denver has a lot of issues though they've had a couple linemen go out for the year they've had they have guys suspended Peyton Manning's an old guy too for but they football. also get to play against the AFC West this year that's true that's six games against let's face it not that's great defenses yeah but they also get to play against two defenses that play almost kind of dirty they're pretty Kansas City and Oakland will take some cheap sh- and that's my yes, team so you know you got an old guy back there it's true if they, one bad hit could be over Yep, it's true. Now, who's your dark horse in this category right there? Uh, well, I'm talking when I talk about dark horse, I'm saying if I'm not getting one of these guys that we just talked about at right. the very beginning of the draft, and I'm willing to wait like maybe f- four or five rounds, I'm looking at somebody like Colin Kaepernick. Okay, maybe Matt Ryan, you know, Tony Romo, maybe. I could see that. Yeah, no, I-, I would say Tony Romo definitely generally goes on the list. Nobody really wants to be the team that has Tony Romo Here, another, because of the stink that he comes with. Another but he's, guy, he's good in fantasy. And another guy that might go under the radar because he looks big and fat and pasty is Fat Stafford. Oh, my goodness. How dare you? Now, Matt's, it, Matt Stafford, of course, to me, goes on the list. I've actually seen Matt Stafford get overdrafted a lot of the times because people see the 5,000 yards he keeps putting up and their eyes bug out of their head, especially with Reggie Bush coming to town. That's going to be another X number of yards, touchdowns, uh, just from receiving from your running back alone that he wasn't able to do last year. So, my goodness, we put a pass-catching running back on a team where he already is getting 5,000 yards. So he's going to go for 6,000 yards this year. Yeah. It's possible. It just doesn't seem very likely, especially based on all the wide receiver problems the Lions have had. They're, they're looking for a new number two right now. They're mm-hmm. so unimpressed with everybody who's not named Calvin Johnson. I, I, I also like a little – I like Alex Smith a little bit, you know. I, yeah, He's I not going to get 5,000 yards, but he's also not going to throw 20 interceptions. Here's what I would say. Don't be afraid to go with Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah. Don't be afraid, because Joe Flacco, no one's going to be going after Joe Flacco, especially with Anquan Bolden leaving the team. He was magnificent last year. During the playoffs, he During was During the playoffs, he was, absolutely. And even down the stretch, he was really, really good, um, if I remember correctly. I probably don't. But, uh, I mean, he got them in the th- into that position. He did. I don't like guys that just got a big contract. It's true. So, also looking at uh, my other dark horse, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck in Indianapolis is a guy I don't think anybody's talking about who put up a really good year last year. Doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to have a sophomore slump. And we're already talking like eight, nine quarterbacks have already been drafted. Take a flyer on Andrew Luck. Why not? Yeah, I, I don't mind Andrew Luck. But I do worry about it a little bit. This is his second year. People can look at all the tape from last year finally and see what he's got. And he doesn't have a, a ton of talent around him either. Okay. So who would you absolutely stay away from as far as quarterback goes? I'm staying away from Peyton Manning. Is that right? You yeah. think he's going to get hurt? He's, he's, yeah. And I don't really like their running back situation. I don't like that they have a lot of guys injured and out for the year already. I don't like that they're having defensive guys getting suspended. I just, you know, I know they have an easier schedule, but at some point, you know, I look, I went through Kansas City with Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. And the first year we had Joe Montana, we went to the AFC Championship, and the next season, you know, he, he was around 38, 9, was 38, 39. He just couldn't stay healthy. That's fair. That's fair, totally. Uh, I, as you might be able to guess here, I 
don't like running quarterbacks. So I would never take a Colin Kaepernick, a Michael Vick, a Cam Newton. I definitely, and my number one, stay away from Robert Griffin III this year. I mean, it's his second year. He's injured. He hasn't even really played at all this preseason, if at all even. And, and, yeah. and how is he going to look? Is he going to be up to speed when the season starts? If he has a gimpy leg still, a gimpy knee, and he's not up to speed, the chances of him getting annihilated in week one or week two or whenever the heck he ends up starting the season by just a blitz he's just not ready for and knocking him out for an extended period of time, very, very high. So let's move on to running backs right there. I'll, I'll start this one up. When it comes to running backs, I mean, it's the most important thing. There's so many good ones. I think there are so many good A-minus running backs out there. You start with Adrian Peterson. If you have the number one overall pick, you almost feel obligated to take him. That being said, I don't see anybody that's to me, there isn't there isn't a one and then another one. It's Adrian Peterson and then a whole bunch of other people. So yes, there's Arian Foster, Ray Rice. I really think Trent Richardson for the Browns, as much as I hate the Browns. Trent Richardson, I think, is going to have a really good year this year, especially with Brandon Whedon as quarterback. They're going to need to run the ball 30-plus times a game. Yeah, I think Trent Richardson should have a monster year. The only problem I see is, you know, if if they can't pass the ball, then he starts running in all those eight, nine man fronts, and then that could be tough. He gets worn down towards the end of the year when you need him in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I like Doug Martin. Same thing, though, you know. Uh, I, I don't love the team around Doug Martin, but he's he's good. Adrian Peterson's a monster. I have concerns with him, too, though, you know. There's never been a guy that's went for 2,000 yards in back to back seasons. I know we're back to back seasons. Yeah. Or even come close to two back-to-back 2000 seasons. Now, that being said, I don't know if we've ever seen anyone like Adrian Peterson before. He's a beast, dude. He's yeah. a monster. I have the number one pick in my snake draft, and I've been agonizing over this because right. I actually think that the more con- if I had to take like the more consistent player, I would probably have to go with Arian Foster. Now, he's getting right around that age where running backs start to break down. But he plays for a great offense. They have a great line. They just signed a great blocking fullback, better Excellent. than the one they had last year. Uh, he's 27 as of a couple days ago. <laughs> okay, he's 27. Even more to your point, though. Yeah, he's like a Priest Holmes. He's like Ladani Thompson. When he sn- when he sniffs that end zone, he's in. He- mm-hmm. He's like a Marcus Allen. Yep. You know, Adrian Peterson he has- hasn't had one of those years where he's had twenty touchdowns. And and let's not forget. I mean, as far as like you know, dark horses going whatnot. I don't know that he can be called a dark horse, but Alfred Morris over in Washington. Mike Shanahan puts out fantastic running backs from nothing. He takes. Yeah. You know, m- remember when Mike Anderson had a really good year over in Denver. Uh, I believe went for over a thousand yards. It's just going to happen. I mean, I don't think it was a fluke that Alfred Morris went for a thousand yards, sixteen hundred yards, in fact, last year. Yeah, it's interesting. I read, I was reading an article that said that you know he was one of the top guys, even though he's not a fast guy. Right. If you look at his forty time, he had, I think, was in the top three in making players miss. Okay. It makes sense. Which makes means he's doesn't mean he's fast. It means he's quick. That's like a Marcus Allen type move. He wasn't fast, but you you wouldn't get the right angle on him. But I'll tell you, as far as my overall dark horse for running back goes, and I, I was just thinking about this, and he, he was number one on the board only a few years ago, Chris Johnson over in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why if you're needing your second running back or perhaps you waited and you took that wide receiver or made the mistake and took the quarterback in the first round, Chris Johnson's going to be there probably late two, early three, and I don't see a reason why you don't just pick that guy up. I think he's definitely still got something left in the tank, and he can catch passes on top of everything else for a wide-open Tennessee offense. And I think the same thing about Steven Jackson. Sure, know? Steven Jackson, yeah. Steven Jackson going to a great offense now, not running into nine-man fronts because they, they actually have a team that can pass the ball. It's Steven Jackson isn't as old as you think he is either. You, th- you f- feel like he's been in the league for 20 years. I feel like he's 52. Is that yeah, wrong? Is right. that wrong now? Are there any running backs that you would absolutely stay away from this year? I don't know if there's any one particular running back I want to really stay away from, but I will say that 
the you run into the dreaded running back by committee. That is the worst. You know, it's true. That's that's what hurts a guy like a Darren Sproles when you consider that Mark Ingram is also on the team. Yeah, and, he, and New Orleans seems to pick up a good running back just out of thin air like every other week. The problem, with the, you know, that's the that's what I I like David Wilson for the Giants. He's super fast, but then. You know he's coming out of the game, and the for Andre Brown yeah. at the one yard line. But my my answer for this is Demarco Murray for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't know. I just I get this vibe on Demarco Murray. It just seems like there's a black cloud hanging over his head. I think Dallas is going to turn into much more of a passing style offense. I don't know that he's. I mean he's very he's a good running back. It's just something about him says that this is the off year for Demarco Murray. I'm not going to say he gets hurt because you can't really predict injuries. You can predict people that are likely to get injuries, but you cannot predict the injury itself. I would say DeMarco Murray is my guy as far as I just don't think that I would go with this guy this year. You know, my guy, I'm going to say, is probably Darren McFadden. Okay. Almost the same reason. You know, one. He's so good, though. He's yeah. he is good, but the Raiders are so there's there's so little so talent bad. on that roster that I just don't see him one staying healthy and two having holes to run through if he is healthy. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and go forward to wide receiver. Um, I may as well start this off again because this is my man. There is Calvin Johnson, and then there is everyone else in the league. Now, Des Bryant is getting a heck of a lot of pub this year. A lot of folks are saying this is the year Des Bryant explodes. And a lot of people are predicting Des Bryant has a better season than Calvin Johnson this year, which I find hard to believe, but there are believers out there. But for me, there's Calvin Johnson, and I always think wide receiver is a position that gets overvalued way, 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 way too much. So I, to me, there's Calvin Johnson. I would put Des Bryant at a definite like 1A, if you will. And then there's just a bunch of good players, I mean, or even well above average players, but nothing to the level of Calvin Johnson and maybe maybe Des Bryant, if you believe the hype. I agree. You know, Calvin, you have to put him at number one just over everyone right now. What choice do you have? I do like Des Bryant, though. I mean, that guy's kind of a touchdown machine. And the other guy I really like is A.J. Green for Cincinnati. He's good, too. He's I saw him on Hard monster. Knocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not just that, my man Demarius Thomas, I mentioned him earlier, for the Denver Broncos. I mean, there's a dude, if you can get that guy, you get that guy. Yeah, you get he's, that guy. He's going to get lots of 80-yard touchdowns this year. Yep. Okay, well, is there any dark horse or somebody out there that you think? You know how I think you'd have a real good rebound year? And I'm, you may say this because I'm a Chiefs fan, but I think Dwayne Bowe could have a good year again now that he has a quarterback. It'll help. It'll help. I think I would go with, uh, well, let's face it, Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden in San Francisco, as long as he keeps his attitude in check, I think he's a guy that he might he might get drafted too high just based on the success he had last year in the Super Bowl and whatnot. But if if you're playing with quote-unquote smart people, he's a guy that's going to draft. And there's a ton of value in Anquan Bolden in that offense over in San Francisco. Yeah. And, and not just that, but uh, you could look at those uh, New Orleans Saints receivers that maybe took a step back, like a Lance Moore. Lance Moore. I was going to say Lance Moore. I like Danny Amendola, too, if he stays healthy. Who else is Tom Brady going to throw the ball to? Yeah. Tim Tebow? Somebody's getting somebody's getting you know 1,200 yards. Okay. Well, who do you stay away from in wide receivers, then? Well, I stay away from Randy Moss, because he doesn't play anymore. Because he doesn't play. <laughs> For that reason, I also would not draft Johnny Morton this year. Uh, I'm not taking Brett Perriman. I, there's a couple guys I don't like. Okay. Uh, and they you know, they might have solid season, but I feel like they're not going to do as well as they did in the past. Victor Cruz, and you know how I'm not a fan of the guy who just got the big contract. The salsa. The little, the little wide receiver that just got a big contract. He's already banged up. I also, you know, Wes Welker, his days of catching You think Wes Welker? Well, He's not catching 122 passes in Denver. Probably not. Not with uh, Demarius Thomas. Not with Thomas out there. And, and, a, uh, and a running game. And Eric Decker on the other side. Decker is going to be good, too, this year, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, obviously, Percy Harvin with the injury and all. The big acquisition from Minnesota to Seattle. I'd be concerned about Russell Wilson having a sophomore slump this year. I mean, everybody 
everybody always insists, no, this this guy won't have a sophomore slump. And then pretty much everybody always does. You look at Cam Newton last year, yeah. who put up the numbers, but nothing to the level that he was able to do the year before. I think Russell Wilson absolutely takes a step back backwards here. I, mean, I still think Seattle's going to win their division. Don't get me wrong. I think they're that good, especially on defense. Oh, if you've, if you've been watching the preseason, you you know, sometimes you can't take too much weight in the preseason, but have you seen how Seattle, when they have their, their first team in, are just destroying people? Yeah. Uh, the other person I would say is uh, Vincent Jackson over in Tampa Bay. He's on the wrong side of 30 now. His attitude has always been an issue with him. And if and Tampa Bay might not be a very great team this year. He might be the kind of dude who mentally checks out. I don't know that I would risk a high-round draft pick on Vincent Jackson. So let's talk about tight ends. Let's talk about tight ends right here. I mean, as we said before, there's Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. And then if, if Gronkowski's healthy... And that's a big if. He's an elite tight end. And there's a lot of tight ends kind of going down, though, with injuries right now. You yeah. know, you've got Tony Milwaukee for your Kansas City Chiefs. I believe. Yeah, I think he's probably... Dennis Pitta got injured in Baltimore. Dennis Pitta's out for the year. Uh, Dustin Keller, I believe. Is Dustin Keller out? I believe he got hurt as well. I mean, I could be wrong about that. Our crack research staff here at Raisin Brent. Aaron Hernandez incarcerated yeah i would actually say the player to stay away from this year at tight end is aaron Aaron hernandez Hernandez. do not draft him i don't think he's going to have a very productive season unless prison yard stats count yeah and also just stay away from him in general it doesn't seem like you want to be close to that guy i think we're actually on one of these years with tight ends you got jimmy graham i think we can agree right jimmy graham is the tight end Mm -hmm. and then there's a bunch of B teams out there. You know, you know, you've got you've got You're Brandon all- Pettigrew, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten. You've got guys that are past thirty that are still good, and you don't know. Am am I better off taking Tony Gonzalez, or am I better taking this up and coming? How about Jermaine Gresham? I, I would honestly say if you cannot get Jimmy Graham in the second or third round, wherever you feel like the value is there, because he's the one. We're now kind of we. There was plenty of years there for the last about four or five years. Tons of good tight ends out there. Yeah. Antonio Gates, a pick from wherever, and now it's to the point where it was maybe ten years ago where there's jimmy graham and then the ulcerans and, and i'm not trying to say these here are bad tight ends it's just as production goes we know we're going to get a ton out of jimmy graham this year or at least we expect to these other guys just they're all about the same i mean you're taking the same risk with everybody uh, as far as dark horse for me goes i gotta go with greg olson now in carolina uh greg olson i guess he's been in carolina for a couple of years now but i really see him as a breakout star this year i think cam newton does get it on track a little bit greg olson i think is the tight end to look at if you're kind of picking from the ulcerans and you're trying to see which one might have the best most productive season I have uh, this guy. I did three mock drafts, and I got him in every mock draft in the sixth or seventh round. Who's that? Vernon Davis. Really? Vernon Davis. Now, he's not on anybody's radar. You're right. Here's the deal with Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis was the target in San Francisco a couple years ago with Alex Smith, and he finally started having some really good seasons, and then all of a sudden Colin Kaepernick comes in, and he's just throwing to Crabtree. Well, Crabtree's injured now, and also during the playoffs and during the Super Bowl, Vernon Davis was a monster. Colin Kaepernick finally discovered how to get the ball to Vernon Davis. Davis. I think that continues this year, and I think he's in for a big rebound. I think he could have 80, 80 catches and eight touchdowns. I think that's a good call right there. And we already agreed Aaron Hernandez, he will be drafted in like 0.3% of all leagues. Mm-hmm. That's our position-by-position position breakdown. I mean, no defenses to stay away from. I mean, we don't need to tell you that. You're going to stay away from them. They're bad. Stay away from the, te- the defenses that give up more than 30 points. Stay away from the you Raiders. don't want them. <laughs> Stay away from man- any team with Manti Teo on it. Yeah. And stay away from any team with Manti Teo's girlfriend on it. What are we that's talking right. about? Hey-oh, everybody. Which is no teams. Mm, or all teams. Yeah. Ooh, that's awkward. So anyway, we'll be right back to wrap up our fantasy show in just a minute after, in just a minute. How about instead after three seconds of Final Fantasy? And 
And that was three seconds. And that's the end of the show already. Can you believe it's already over? No. Well, it is. Oh. Holy crap, it's over. It's our fantasy football show. So here's the deal. Go take our advice, win your leagues, tell us how great it was, and then, you know, slide a few bucks our way. Yeah. If Raisin Brand helped you win your league of hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands of dollars, throw us a 20. Yeah. I take PayPal. Or candy. I also take PayPal candy. Mm-hmm. And Amazon.com. We helped you win the league. Now give us some candy. Give us some candy. Anyway, <laughs> that was tragic. <laughs> so, anyway, I'd like to thank, of course, Jeremy Buck and the Bang, the Trainwrecks, David Knoll for producing. I'm not going to thank Greg Lopez this week. We didn't. We haven't used his uh, clips in a while. Who's getting arrested now? Thanks, I can Greg do it Lopez. myself. I can Thanks, do it myself. Uh, Thanks I have for to nothing, thank him. Greg. I hope you're happy. D. Uh, in any case, is there anybody else you'd like to thank? No, not really, but I would like to say. Just as an ending thing, I think that my overall big sleeper in the draft, and I hate to admit it, yeah. is Fat Stafford. He's not fat. Well, but he is... He's not a fat guy. Fat Stafford. Look, I just have a gut feeling that he's going to have a great oh season. Oh, my God. You may be the... I... <sighs> no words. In any case... I don't think anyone has as much intestinal fortitude as Matt Stafford. Fat Stafford. I can't. We're we're done, everybody. Here's some train wrecks music. Good night. Yo, gonna have to drag me out in chains. Gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. What you wanted And then you run and you flaunt it I've got something to Hey, hey, hey It's Fat Stafford And we're gonna top some pics for you What are you doing? Nothing I'm just <laughs> I'm recording, recording? A, I'm recording a song called is, Fat Stafford. What's wrong the... with you? <laughs> I leave the room for two seconds to get a drink and we'll have some fun now with me and all my snacks, throwing interceptions and eating out of brown sacks. Nah, nah, nah. Gonna have a snack now. Fat Stafford. So much right now. Yeah.